If you enjoy the show, share it with a friend. You can find us at facebook.com slash show, and you can visit our new home on the web at www.tracktune.com slash slipangle. You can also leave us reviews and ratings in the iTunes store. Slip Angle Show. I'm Austin Jabay. I'm Am Cavett. And we are coming at you live from the Great Lakes Racing Expo at yes. Full Throttle Indoor Karting in Cincinnati, Ohio. You might have heard us uh, talking to Tom O'Gorman uh, last episode last or episode one or of these episodes. I don't know when it's coming out. We might put that one out after, after the first World Challenge yep, race. Doing but, a lot of shows. The but, nice uh, place. Uh, a lot of people here. Yeah. Hundreds of people here, actually. And joining us today is Mr. Lee Grimes Second, returning. Yeah, ret- making a triumphant return to the show. Thank you much. Um, want to talk about Lee's uh, background in racing because he's been racing... How, when did you get into wheel-to-wheel stuff? I started driving myself. My first school was in 88. Okay. Uh, SECA school. Was and that the I, same? I grew up as a kid in the paddock and then worked my way through being a worker and then finally got okay. to drive. Is that when you met in your first school? Was that when you met our buddy Tom? Uh, it was probably about my third school. Okay. And actually, yeah, we... Uh, At least not so many driver schools. It makes me feel like very uneducated. <laughs> <laughs> He's got like a PhD now. Yeah. A um, couple of them. <laughs> well, what, uh, what kind of cars did We went through it a little bit last time, but what kind of cars have you all played with? Uh, my, I did my schools in an old Renault Alliance. Okay. Uh, Encore, actually. I, was, were, I think I was telling you last night that that's what I learned how to drive stick shift yeah, in. Ex-Renault okay. Cup race yeah. cars, and I, I did schools in that, and then a little time in it. Uh, I built a, a IT Datsun Z car for a I boss. I didn't know about that. Oh, really? I, I did uh, a little bit in there. My first race car I built myself was a 68 Corvair. ITA car, mm-hmm. uh, so I ran that for a while and then realized I was beating my head against the wall, but yeah. I loved it. And then uh, I, then I got into CRXs, and then I raced uh, some first gen RX7s a couple of mm-hmm. times, some endurance racing with that, a little endurance racing, second gen RX7s, a little yeah. variety of things and kind of anything and everything. That's right, yeah, yeah absolutely. Now, you're telling me last night that you come from a family background yeah. of FCCA, you know people essentially yeah i i, I uh, pretty much if, if you go to a, a race weekend and you see the little kids that are you know around the paddock yeah. that's me back in the in the 70s and yeah, yeah you were almost getting like ran over by things oh yeah it was but yeah. it, was, it was a great place to grow up you know and, <laughs> I and, and, and uh, just doing stuff and i was telling you know i remember being at uh, at a race and i was probably eight years old and, and being proud that i could i was actually strong enough to to carry an air tank. Yeah. Oh, man. You know, I could carry the air tanks. Man, I'm part of the crew. And part of stuff. the team. I, I learned fractions, handing wrenches, you know, okay. and, and numbers and that stuff. You said your your stepfather used to, like, build formula cars yeah. in the living room yeah, at yeah, the he, house, right? Yeah, That's he's so one cool. of the guys. He, I've been, I was really lucky. I've been around uh, him, you know, most of my life, and, and I got a lot of the enthusiasm and, and the technical background from yeah. him. He did a variety of things, including built two Formula Fords in my mom's living room. Uh, in, in like 1975, and it was it was awesome to you know I'm just just a little kid, and and we had had uh, he just put down it's a small living room too, probably 12 by 20, and uh, just put down some plywood and put it down a couple sawhorses and carried some zinc Formula Ford chassis in and assembled. So I, I remember sitting sitting in the race car watching TV. <laughs> it wasn't like one of those where like the car gets built in the living room and you're like, well crap, how do we get this thing out yeah. of the house? Yep, yeah, pretty much. You just you just you know. 
you don't take put it the motor all apart in, again. Take the motor back. No, you, and then you just lift it up, turn yeah. it sideways, and a couple of guys walking <laughs> out the front door. March it out the door, man. But the, the funny thing was, you know, if you've ever been around fiberglass, and these were brand new cars, there's a lot of hairs that weren't trimmed on the fiberglass. So our the the living room couch, you you know, fiberglass really itches when yeah. it gets yeah. into cloth. So you didn't really want to sit and and you know for you know the, it was the, the couch was itchy yeah. for <laughs> about six months. But yeah, it's it's great. And then it's the couch stunk like it. paint. Yeah. And then the couch. Yeah, they didn't paint inside there. But yeah, we've got got pictures of it. And that was That's awesome. yeah yeah. So it kind of goes back to my roots and my. Uh, so I did that, and my family was into. Uh, uh, my mom did a lot of. Uh, um, timing and scoring back in the days when they used stopwatches and before yeah. electronics and transponders and all that stuff. Yeah. How, how big were the car counts back when back when uh, you were a little kid? Uh, they were pretty big. I remember being at IRP, which is where I, I did a lot of, ra- uh, you know, worked a lot of races Indy Raceway there. Park. Indianapolis Raceway yeah. Park. And I remember standing in the tower and, and, you know, for a regional, there'd be 250 plus cars. You know? Really it big was fields. Good huh? numbers, you know, and, and wow. it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was a great place to grow and up. And you were telling me that you and your sisters, you know, growing up, you guys did a lot of the timing. Yeah, absolutely. So, but, yeah, and he was telling me, like, kind of the process behind it. You want to tell some of our listeners yeah. what it was like back then? Back in those days, you <laughs> know. Everybody's used to transponders and computers. <laughs> yeah, now. yeah, you had, you had stopwatches. And, and, and so you'd had the, in, in every car on track had a card. And you'd have these these early digital stopwatches, and somebody had to to mark down the time everyone come through, and you do the math, you know, and all this yeah. stuff. And we got to the point where it was my mom and my uh, younger older sister and I. So we'd go as a team of four, and we could do, you know, we could do half a field of, of you know, uh, thirty plus cars wow. covering it. And it was great. It was just a good place to grow up, and you'd be around yeah. race cars, and and it was, it was awesome fun. It the uh, SCCA has a, a family membership. Uh, in part because of my mother's tenacity, because she kept bugging this uh, Wayne Zitkus, who was the SCCA treasurer at the time, that she shouldn't have to pay uh, SCCA membership for all of her kids to go work races for the SCCA. Yeah. So, so they they created that. <laughs> and and uh, you just still see a lot of families and stuff oh, on the yeah, track. Yeah. Um, the process of timing. How did that work back in the day? Well, it was pretty much it was it was stopwatches. Yeah, and but like each, you know, you have a crop of cars go by. Right. Were you timing each lap for each car? Every lap for every car. <laughs> yeah. And and typically you'd have that. two to four cars yeah. in a race, so you just hope they weren't all in the same pack. Yeah. And then you just you're hoping really for the mid pack you know? and back guy right. or yeah. front exactly. and the rear. Yeah. You know, typically uh, have a bunch of cars and you have one or two stopwatches and you just get really good at at doing it. And it was it was a great place to grow up. But and then. It, it, as, once I got my driver's license and I wanted to go outside and not work at the tower, yeah, yeah. then we did course control stuff. So okay. take, you, you take your street car and you go sit out at the working station. And then when, you know, at the end of a race, they'd say, okay, there's a, a car so-and-so is in turn five. There's a car so-and-so here and then car so-and-so in, in turn 10 and it needs some some uh, tire he's in the tire wall so they got to fix that yeah. so they would send me you know this this young college student go yeah. take your car and a toe strap and run out to turn five as fast as you can <laughs> and flat toe that guy back like, that's awesome yeah. you have to tell good, me twice there's some good pictures like of like a Ford towing a Chevy or Chevy oh, towing yeah. a Ford <laughs> I, had, I had a little Mazda GLC that it was a 1978 rear wheel drive and it had like 42 horsepower yeah and so I could tow people but it took a lot of slipping I mean if I had a, like a GT1 type car it was like don't hit the brakes because you're going to fry my egg. clutch. If we stop, you're going to stall my engine uh-huh. because you can lock me down. You know, but it's or it break a toe strap. Yeah. yeah, I rented a Ford Mustang in '87 from Hertz. 
and I used that for <laughs> one, and that was a blast. Yeah, that'd be a good uh, tow truck, wouldn't it? Yeah. Finally um, got to the point where I got to go racing myself. What, yeah, what, uh, what was your progression from going from worker to on-track guy? How did that work back in the day? That was good. It was good. I, I, I got a chance, you know, because having been through every step of it, there was no, no big transition time. Yeah, back yeah. then, if you wanted to get on track, there was no such thing as a, as a, as a track day. Yeah. You know, so you needed a full suit and a race car and all that stuff. Uh, so for me, it was just a natural progression. So you basically said, I'm going to go racing, so I'm going to start buying stuff, and I'm going to eventually right, go racing. Right, huh? yeah. My, my first school was July 88. Or ju- yeah, July 88, maybe 18 months after I graduated college. Okay. And, and I, I borrowed a five-layer, two-piece NASCAR suit from this guy. Yeah. And I, I actually I was driving from Lexington, Kentucky to, to mid-Ohio, and I pat- there was a really good motorcycle shop called Iron Horse in Columbus. So I bought my helmet on the way <laughs> to the track. Yeah. And I was hoping I could find one in Cincinnati, but they didn't have anything my size. Yeah. So it's like, I got to buy something here in Columbus because I got to have it for tech tonight. Do you, do you remember uh, roughly what entry fees were like back then? Uh, Before insurance and. Uh, bucks. Every- yeah, Man. 180 bucks. For the weekend? An expensive weekend. For, yeah, expensive weekend was was 220. Yeah. Oh my you know, goodness! Like, I could. I used to be able to to tow with an old station wagon, with with entry, gas, race car gas, and you know sleeping in the car or finding something like that and just go to the grocery store. I could I could do a race weekend on 400 bucks. Yeah. If I wasn't, <laughs> if you weren't counting, you know, any parts that you might break. So much different. Yeah. 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 Wow. Man. But you know it's. When you're desperate to do it, you do it. The, there's I was a, racing on credit cards. There's a there's a w- race weekend with SCC, I think, at VIR in March. That is nine hundred dollars for the entry fee, like the most expensive one. Wow. And six hundred is the majors event that I'm going to in March. Uh, yeah, it's a big difference. Big difference, but um, a little bit of inflation in there too. But yeah, but people aren't making that much more money now, no. really. A lot of them aren't. You know, but tires are a little bit more expensive. They're not that much more. Tires expensive. are pretty expensive back then. Yeah, we were still probably paying 125, 150 okay. for a 14-inch Hoosier. Oh. Yeah, so you were on Hoosiers right away, or well, with the good car, um, my first 88 CRX, the good ITA car. Yeah. That car never had anything but but the primo Hoosier because yeah. that was going to be fast. I worked my way up through some other stuff. Okay, but, but by that time I was at Hoosiers. What uh, what kind of Hondas you've played with the first gen and second gen CRX? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mostly for. For racing, it's been, been okay. two cars. Uh, he was telling me about, uh, you know, when we were just standing there BSing by the booth, that um, the last time he was at Road Atlanta was before 10 A and B. So the big yeah, straightaway we just went night, straight yeah. up the hill. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you would come bombing down the big, long straightaway, run out of power for, for the arrow, and then you wouldn't break until you're going up the hill again? Yeah. yeah you're, oh, that must have been so cool. You're in, in, in the uphill portion, and you, you'd hit, hit the big compression, and you'd try to use that compression to... To yeah. really lock your braking down, and, oh, and, then, man. and that, that way you're a... looking up into the, the bridge, and you just had this frame yep. of sky. I'm you're telling you, last just, time you just had to believe this. Mm-hmm. Last time you were there, uh, the gearing in the car just wasn't quite right. Like third gear was a little too short, and fourth yeah, gear was a yeah. little too long. The, of the dozen or so tracks I've, I've driven, if there's any any track or any place I felt I left something on the table, it's turn one at Road Atlanta. Just, yeah. I, I want to go back there with the proper gear and that stuff, and really feel like I, I nailed one. Yeah. The, I really like to go back. The uh, the new car that you're driving is a uh, F Prod CRX. Uh, you've been building that car for a long time. Yeah, it came out of a junkyard yeah. in '97. 90, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, spring '97. Okay. And uh, so yeah, it's 
it uh, it was a shelf in the garage as, okay. as life gets in the way and you child did, and you and, raced that before you did your partial retirement and then after or just yeah, after it, it just after just after so I you borrowed. just started racing that thing yeah it, it, the um, like my first race weekend was your first ra- second race weekend with it it was it was like the third the, the, the your first yeah. race weekend was the first entry and that was in like 12. 13. 13. I think. That was the first entry in the logbook since 05. Oh, okay. So that you, was the first real race. Okay. Weekend. So you got a logbook in 05. Yeah. First race was eight years later. Yeah. yeah. Second race was eight yeah. years we're laughing, race, I mean. we were laughing last night because he was telling me he's had like, what, three um, ignition systems or something for the yeah. car that, yeah. you know, just. <laughs> I'm really bad at adopting technology, but I'll buy it because I'm excited and, and get it. And I had, I was on my third at the time, each time the highest tech programmable fuel injection you can get and the first two never even were installed in a car <laughs> and, and they and it was outdated to the point that when i was ready to, to put it in they're like why would you use this old thing so then, then I, so then i went out and bought a z-dine which is the cool thing yeah there. yeah and that's never been in a car and i bought that do you still have that yeah it's still there do you have the disc for it oh, i've got yeah i've got i've got all that it's stuff. worth money with the disc yeah <laughs> but the problem is is that software requires an old computer. yeah you need like a 1995 it's computer a, when i had the guy uh, uh, i've now got a, a data s300 system and when i had him do the dyno work this last summer i said hey i need to bring in my you know my street crx and i got this old z dyno he's like don't bring that just i'll do something else something cheap because it's more of a pain in the butt you can you than, can do than, freeware than, and right, stuff exactly, nowadays yeah. exactly so i've got you know i could probably do a museum i i, I was telling uh, austin last night that I made a pact with myself that I would I would not buy a new set of racing harnesses until I have mailed in an entry check, because I had a nice <laughs> set of Sparco's belts that timed out and they never left my garage. Well, I'm glad we got you back into it. Yeah, but... I, I, and I, I actually blame you or thank you for doing that. <laughs> with the, a little bit of with back our, in there and your enthusiasm was, was with, was with our, our crappy lemons team. Enthusiastic? Oh, right. No, right. no, oh, right. not at all. <laughs> Um, yeah, Lee was Good Lee time. was kind of the, one of the motivators that got me doing club racing stuff too. After we ran lemons, I didn't really have any intentions of going club racing at all, except for you know during our first my first lemons race, your first lemons race. Um, that influence the uh, you know him and him and our buddy Tom were just talking about you know the old days of club racing, and that Tom was still club racing, and he still is. Um, and it just kind of I thought. I don't know, it would be nice to not be driving this thing for 14 hours and just do sprint races. That'd be fun. So slowly work my way into it. But yeah, the enthusiasm of others goes a long way sometimes. Yeah. It's, I mean, there are highs and lows. And, yeah. and if, you can, if you can help a friend, a friend helps you, or just, just yeah. a little. That's the fun you know, of it. You guys track. Um, what, uh, what did the end of your year with the CRX look like this year? You had a little bit of a uh, body damage and stuff. A little bit. A little bit of, bit of body damage. I, I, was, I had a great weekend that, in, in October at Mid-Ohio. Yeah. And uh, had actually had a big blast with a, with a buddy of yours. Yeah, Ryan Kristoff. Ryan Kristoff. He, He's uh, a listener, too. Say hello. Hi, there you go. <laughs> i tell you what. Uh, it, Ryan and I, I, I knew that he had this yellow spit. And I have never gone through a race weekend and been so evenly matched yeah. with somebody. And it, such a totally different car. Totally different car, same class. And, and I don't think there was any session that Ryan, and, and, you know, qualifying race, qualifying race, that Ryan and I were ever fastest laps more than a tenth of a second. That's really cool. And we were on track together or, you know, maybe it, one time he might gap me in, in the race a little bit or another yeah. time I might gap him. And, but, a, and a spit is a Triumph Spitfire. Right. Do you know what year that thing is, roughly? 68, mm, something like that, maybe? Probably some of that, that, that I have no idea I didn't about realize this. that thing was that light. Yeah. Like, it, 1700, it, maybe? It, it, it was really interesting and fun because the each, brakes car, like this big. each car had has strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. 
And his yeah, car you're making is like speed six, in different ways. His car is 600 pounds lighter. <laughs> and your car's but, uh, not a heavy yeah, CRX. It's a CRX, but, yeah. But, but, but it's a 2,200 pounds, you're 2,200 pounds. But I have I had more power. So there were certain parts of the track, the tight, twisty, tough change of directions yeah. that, that he had a, a, a notable advantage. And there were places where I could really run the legs of the car. or And I quite frankly think, I, I don't want to too much out to Ryan, but uh, I think I was quicker in through one. Yeah. And, and one, you know, one at Mid-Ohio is a straightaway. Yeah, you need to show me your line through one. I suck so, at one. Uh, so it was really a lot of fun. And I've got, I've got a lot of, of footage of, of, of Ryan making, yeah. you know, the back of his car and, and doing a little blocking here and there. Yeah. But he had to, you know. So you either have a really good brand-new GoPro camera or a VHS camera. Which one are you using? <laughs> <laughs> the technology. He bought, he bought the first GoPro. Oh. Yeah. By the time, you know, yeah. by the time he got yeah. around to using it, you know, I did just get my first GoPro, anymore. and it's a 1G GoPro from 2005. <laughs> so I was given mine in exchange for some used tires that I wanted to give away. He's like, yeah, do you want this GoPro? Yes, I'll take yes. it. Okay. So yep. I have no money in that. Who needs those old, the new GoPros? Uh, right. I'll figure out how to turn my old one on. But yeah, it's, it's, it's good. But I, I, I really love it. I was actually just watching the in-car from it yeah. just the other day, just listening to the sound yeah. again and, and watching. But, yep. You were telling me um, last night that you, you know, at, I guess at one point you bought the first bullet cam. Two yep, to run, yep. uh, I a, chase cam stuff. I bought, a, I bought a chase. I've had a, a lapping day company for twenty over twenty years, and I wanted to, I wanted to be able to have a data logger and an in-car camera that I could put in somebody's car, and then he could go home on, on you know, and, and give them the data together, and then so you know Monday morning he'd go to the office and see what I did yesterday. Yeah. And uh, but at that time I was a little too far ahead of the curve, and the, and the chase cam couldn't talk to the DL1. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, never yeah. really got the advantage of that. And now you know the chase cam is a great piece, but now GoPro is a everything is so easy and easier now. and and that stuff. So yeah. I got a, I got a chase cam. I got to figure yeah. out what to do. With. So <laughs> let's talk a little bit about like track days and mm -hmm. you know the company for lapping mm -hmm. days that you ran because at the time when you started, you're yeah. telling me that like. There really wasn't anyone else doing no, anything. Yeah, like that, that. that was it. I was the first private individual to rent Putnam Park, um, and it was basically I was the, the competition director at, or chairman at uh, at Central Kentucky Region SCCA, and it's like, well, here's a chance. I could rent the track for relatively cheap. I could we could get racers, and we did it in March. Get racers the opportunity to kind of blow out the cobwebs of winter, and and uh, also show autocrossers what third and fourth gear were. Yeah, you yeah. Know, so we'd bring a, a group of experienced drivers in and, and have a, just a great time, and that's. In those days, you, otherwise it was really hard to get out there. The term track day didn't exist. We called them lapping days. Yeah. Yep. And I just do one yeah. or two events a year for 2016 is the first year I've not done it, not what, doing it. Yeah. What year did you start that? 94. Okay. Everybody yeah, I, I went to one of his events. Uh, it was a crazy crowd. Like everything from stackers to like us on the yeah, Lemons yeah. car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trailers to that was the first event that we took our Lemons yeah. car on track, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, the... Uh, this year you're not doing any? No, no, I just... Uh, you plan on doing it again in the future? I would like to. I would like to. It, it, it's the cost of my business plan with it, quite frankly, is just a bit out, outdated. Well, and I, tracks are getting so expensive. Tracks are getting very expensive, and you need yeah. you need numbers to help pay for that. Yep. And to get numbers, you need an instruction deal and, no, and novices and so on yep. like that. But to do that, then you need to have, you know, again, instructors and, yep. and a lot more structure. And my deal was based on a limited number of people. Uh, I try to bring in 35 to 40 drivers, all experienced, yep. no classroom, two groups in the morning, one group in the afternoon. Yeah. You could get up to five and a half hours of track day yep. time and, and seat time. Yeah. And, and it was basically on an, uh, effectively an invite deal. 
So if, if you weren't very good at a point by or you didn't fit in with a crowd, you just didn't get the email next break. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and it was just a really tight, fun group and yeah. really totally relaxed and we loved it. But I it got just, a few ideas for you now. in the future of track choices. I'd, I'd, um, I'd love to. I'd, I'd love to do it. it it, it hurts not doing it. There are some pretty probably. reasonable price tracks uh, that there's not that many lapping days at. So um, There is still a market, I think, for the test and tune setup like that because a lot of racers, you know, they they don't want to go to a 20-minute session HPDE where they get five sessions because that's not enough to even dial camber in for yeah, them, you know. Right, they want to go out right. for four laps, come in, play with it for ten minutes, go back out, you know. And if it's a select group of guys, too, you start running with the same yeah. people and you just... You know, you trust them right. and stuff like that, Absolutely. and changes the dynamic yep. a lot. I did a similar event to that with uh, the Mosiers, Bob and Joe. They mm -hmm. rented yep. Gingerman in March, and Tom and I went out, and, like, there was 10 of us there. And it was just, you know, no flaggers hardly. There's, like, one guy in the back. And we just went out two laps at a time. You play with something, go back out, play with alignment. Me and Tom are basically just figuring out our alignments and, uh, and ride heights and just play with it all day. I've, so. I've not been able to do that, and that's something I would really like. It's to hard to do that at a race weekend, too. In, in, exactly, because you've got to yeah. optimize. You've got a finite amount of, amount of time, and yeah. you've got to optimize. You've got to be and there. Especially for somebody like us who doesn't go out every, you know, five times, uh, you know, in, in a summertime even. Um, if you change something, you might spend a whole weekend figuring it out. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's still a market for it, but you got a busy year this year. You're going to try to run the majors right. and the run, or the runoffs. I mean, yeah. Instead of doing the track so. days, I'm going to um, I'm going to try to qualify for the runoffs and, yep. and go play at the big dance. I, I'm I'm not I'm still a couple seconds off lap record there, and, yep. and it's going to go down this year for sure. Yeah, I believe it. But so if you know if I can go and uh, and have some fun and you know get get an invite to the big dance and yeah. and you know, finish in the top half, I'll be a happy. Boy. In, th in 30 years, you've never been to the runoffs. I've never I've never driven. Competed. I've competed, never competed yeah. in the runoffs. I never really had the dream because. Between finances and time and that kind of stuff, I just you yep. know if I can get three four weekends, that's great. But okay. those guys are as a as a friend of mine who was a past national champion, he said it's semi pro racing. It's everything but the money, yep. but the incoming money. But it it takes that level of dedication, yeah. and I just couldn't commit that to it. Yeah. But it's it's at Mid Ohio. This is my shot. Uh, you know, I, yeah. I got a good momentum. Let's go and get my butt beat by the fast guy. Yeah, we we'll start a shop called Level Six, and his car can be <laughs> the first one, man. Level Six special. Yeah, the uh, two thousand right, dollars uh, exactly. in development work <laughs> exactly. instead of two million. Um, what uh, what kind of work do you have to do to the CRX this year? Uh, I'm building another motor. Oh, and for um, and for listeners, like what's a prod CRX? Uh, F production CRX. So it's yeah. a. Uh, I still have to run. A, uh, a D16A6 stock motor, but, uh, yeah. yeah, an original motor, but it can be mine's you know in the in the 12 and a half, 13 to one compression, as much cam as I can put in it. The car's got two and a half inch flares all the way around. Yeah, wide body kit. Yeah, dedicated. It's uh, a really cool looking car. Yeah. We we actually put a picture up um, as on the Facebook page when we when you were on last time. Yeah, you put a picture up of, of me off track. He did and, it. And you can't see that, that I'm you edited out the part where I'm going around a spun car. It just looks like these, you know, out doing we, some agriculture mud. mowing. Yeah. Right. But uh, yeah, it's that's it's it's a fun car and I I, I really like and I really enjoy it. What kind of shocks do you have on that? I got some uh, Coney twenty eight twelves on there and I love them double yeah. adjustable right there on a car, blah yeah. blah blah. It, this is your first year you had those on there, right? Yeah, I, I put them on middle of last year. Okay. I've been uh, I'd actually built, when I built the car, I, I outsmarted myself and built something really cool and custom and I ended up with a car that sat too tall with insufficient uh, suspension stroke. Okay. So then I went back and, and got some just uh, uh, basic, yeah. uh, with 8041 race units. And uh, I, I ran those on the for first years, time, loaned yeah. them to people. That's now on yeah. my autocross car where okay. I built with my son. Yeah. 
and now I got the 28th. Yeah, for okay. people that are new listening to the show, I think episode seven or so we had yeah. you on. Yeah. Uh, you actually work at Coney, yeah. too. Yeah. So just past 20 years with Coney. Yeah. So I just thought I'd mention that a little bit. Yeah, he's like some the of our guy for the motorsports stuff in North yeah. America. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a good time. It's a good time. Yeah. It, it's always good when, when, when you get to work in, in something that you enjoy. Yeah. I was afraid he was going to be mad at me because I'm trying Bill Steens out for a little while this year. We don't have to talk tisk, too much about tisk, that. Tisk, okay. tisk, tisk. I've ran a lot of Coney's, and I've sold a lot of sets to, for friends of mine. So. I'll be back. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, you, you had a little bit of a, um, an incident with the car, you know, a little bit of bumper damage and stuff. Yeah, I had a, a, a gentleman. We were Actually, I was on Ryan's tail. Had just caught up to Ryan and really you know, reeled him in after a couple of laps of having a gap. And then we were, uh, we were on the backside of mid-Ohio, and a, and a car, uh, a slightly slower car, the guy was just on his first race weekend and finished a novice license. Yeah. And uh, You wrecked tur- a novice? He was, he was, fa- he was <laughs> off, well, he was way wide in the, in the backside, and I thought he was making room. Wasn't making and room. And yeah, he let Ryan through, and then he chopped across me like I did that was, not expect. That was just his line, real wide. And uh, it turns out he was, he was a, uh, he, I, I had a chat with him, nice, you know, but uh uh, he explained that he was a hill climber previously, so he'd never yeah. looked at his mirrors. It's like yeah. backside of Mid Ohio is a place where you need to. Look oh yeah, at your there's not. It's really hard to pass at Mid Ohio in general, and the back section is not an easy place well, to pass. So I, so I, I, I turned him T bone to me. Yeah. He, he turned in on me, and I rotated him at T bone, and, and I've got video of his car what hopping turn? sideways. Where at the entrance to Thunder Valley? Oh jeez. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he never even saw you. Yeah. Right? And he never like saw the me whole actually time. At, at, from the paddock. He came down. I brought him down to my garage to show, you know, what damage was in the car, and he'd never seen the car, even after I turned oh him. Oh my god! I was driving. I was he driving, and the car, car was sideways yeah. and hopping, and I yes. didn't know he didn't what know, happened. He didn't know what happened. <laughs> Nobody hit the wall, though. No, no, no. no. That's I, good. I, I that's mean, good. It moved my bumper back uh, a half an inch and cracked some, some once pretty paint. Yeah. So I got to get a little. He bit did have nice paint on it. Um, the uh, the bodywork and stuff. You had a buddy of yours uh, years past do that. Yeah, many years ago I had a, had a. It's a, all a steel, right? A, yeah, it's all steel. That's that's the, that's the cool part of it. It's like yeah. full steel flares. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's it's rear quarter panel. The rears are, are actual quarter panels. Okay. And the fronts are grafted on. Now you, uh, you, you they're they're heavy, but the plan was we once we liked them, we were going to make molds out of okay. life got and rivet it on. We didn't, we and didn't do that, but yeah, so they're they're heavy. Did, did you go to the junkyard and cut out quarter panels of another Absolutely, car? Absolutely, yeah. and then buy another set of fenders and widen them. And exactly, exactly. The fenders See, just bolt on still, job. right? Yeah, yeah. The front fenders okay. bolt on. There's two and a quarter, two and a half flares, and yeah, and the the, the taillights are inset, and it's yeah, it's really distance, well done. You can't you can't tell, but it's I, I really like it. It's a beautiful car. Never had contact until <laughs> Mid Ohio October. The, the suspension for that thing—that's all—it's not pushed outboard at all. No. You're just no. near, riding the car right. with wheels, right? Yeah, I've got deep offset wheels on it, so yeah. that's the only thing that really makes the car yeah. wide. What tires do you run on that thing? Uh, Thirteen-inch Hoosier uh, uh, radi- uh, radial slicks. Oh, you're on you're yeah. on radials. Yeah, okay. I, I switched to that this year, and I really yeah. like them. Uh, what's the difference on a car like that between bias plies and radials? Uh, it's a, a bias ply tire. Just the way the construction is, the bias likes to slide more. Okay. Uh, whereas a radial is more grip, grip, grip. And then there's a point that the let go point tends to be, um, a, 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 I want to say, a harder to predict. But it's not as as easy a transition from from grip to slide. Yeah. Um, they they say that a lot of the guys that come from an IT background and running radial tires adapt to those much better. Whereas people that have been running bias, can, bias ply slicks, cantilever slicks for years often because the feel is different often have a bit harder time yeah. but ultimately you're going to get you're going to get better durability longer wear 
that kind of stuff, okay. typically out of out of the radials. And I, and I like them, and they take totally different setups for, for camber yeah, and stuff like the that. That's why you can't really that? move between the two. A bias ply tire needs to be more upright, so you're not going to run more than about a degree and a half or so of negative camber. Okay. Whereas on you know on a on a radial, you're not going to be below two and a half. Yeah. You, you may be up to the mid threes. Is that just because of how camp. the difference in the tire deforms as it's you know? Yeah, yeah, a, a bit. Just the way that it presents the, the contact patch. Okay. And uh, and so on like that. Interesting. Yeah, I've, I've never ran bias plies. I, I know buddies who have, but um, I've had friends that run radial slicks, yep. but non-dots, you know? Yep. But, uh, yeah. Back when I had the, I raced the Corvair and IT, I ran bias plies on that. But that's okay. a car you pretty much led with tail, you know, so you really okay. needed to slide, you know, I, and you had, I, had a lively car. Were those DOT there. tires back then or no? Um, I guess technically they are. It's what they call the street TD. It's, it's really what they use. Street TDs, in the, in yeah. Vintage guys. Yeah, that's still a days. tire you can buy. But yeah. that was that was the hot thing. But the Corvair was twenty four hundred plus yeah. pounds, and it was it was heavy yeah. for a little thirteen inch car. Yeah, because uh, IT as far at least right now, improved touring is DOT only right, tires. Right. But and no, I don't. I can't think of any bias ply slicks that are DOT right now. Besides maybe those. Yeah, that's it. But and you wouldn't run those on the street anyway. But. Um, yeah, your uh, your wide body. You, you had a buddy put that together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah uh, Do you mind talking about what happened to him or no? <laughs> he, uh, it's a crazy yeah, story. Yeah, I, 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 uh, he was a, he was a good friend, but I need a body man now. Unfortunately, he's gone um, in a in a very strange situation that was ultimately a kidnapping, murder, suicide scenario. So bizarre. And uh, um, and he was you know a really good guy. And it's just wait. He, he Strap a, in, folks. He, 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 he raced a Honda, and he and he was uh, um, an awesome person. Um, but unfortunately, he's somebody that that to me was a, a situation where you you began realizing that a, a that a sane, appropriate person could have true mental issues. Yeah. And yeah. when you looked back over his life, he had a cycle of about every seven or eight years, and that things would really go bad. And for and a he little had a while, strange story. And 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 he'd end up he would end up in jail or something. And at the end, he he um, his it, it got bad enough that he he. Kidnapped his his uh, um, his wonderful wife who he was separated from, and then he threatened to kill her and uh, drove her, you know, locked her in the trunk of his car and threatened to kill her and you know uh, drove around jumping railroad tracks and anything to just cruelty. Unbelievable. And and in the meantime, her daughters realized that she wasn't around and they knew that Steve was. They were separated and Steve was in a in a bad way, but. Uh, uh, Ultimately, they they actually brought together a effectively a posse of her brothers and friends and stuff to go looking for them because they hadn't been seen all day. And as the posse was was about to head out, they came up in Steve's ex police car, and she was in the trunk, and he pulled out an uh, an AK and started spraying the crowd, and he killed one of his his best friend and the guy the guy who over his life had actually helped him hugely. He killed him on the spot. He, people scattered, and then he ultimately turned the gun on himself. Terrifying. He, 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 she, she, what she went through was unbelievable. But she was a, a, a wonderful, fantastic person. But I, you know, Steve was a great guy and, and a good friend. And, and but it just really made you realize that, you know, mental illness, what it could do. It's and, real, and, man. And it's, it's, it's so it's real. real, and it, it can be hiding. And somebody that was a, a great friend he, he went to jail in the midst of the time I knew him because of a stalking law that we thought he was a victim of the stalking law and something really really weird but but upon reflection like wait a minute I'll bet there's his story maybe his reality wasn't the reality yeah. of the real world that's just what he saw and it's 
uh, you know, it's a really shame. So I have this beautiful race car with. No, you need a body, man. And I've got some. Bo- I need some paintwork on my front bumper. Yeah, so <laughs> and I don't know anybody to do it. <laughs> so you're telling me all of your cars are all pretty much the same color, right? Yes. Yes. Well, I, I've always been running, uh, except for the Corvair. Um, Blue and yellow was was my thing, and that's my family had the Formula Fords that were built in the living room. Yeah. Those were blue and yellow, so that was the team that came up, and that actually roots back to my favorite car. My hero when I was a little kid was Mark Donahue, and he was he was the dude. And that Sunoco nine seventeen. Uh, You're is, telling me you have a, a slot I, car? I've got a slot car yeah. that in in my office uh, at Coney behind my desk is is a is a a, a poster of the 917 yeah. Sunoco livery car and it's sun faded because it, oh, it's yeah. so UV faded it's been, been there forever so I need to find a new one but yeah that, so that, I, I got a blue and yellow thing and just yeah your going. car is uh, it's got a good looking livery on it I really it's very race car livery it's it's cool I dig it but the uh, you know that's not a bumper you'd want to spray paint black. No, no, no. no it's, I've got it. It's, it's got to be. I got right. a really it's good sticker vinyl it. method that you should try out. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> um, yeah, the uh, the year coming up. Um, what uh, what are your plans for like motor and anything like that? Well, I built in. Uh, I uh, I hurt my good race motor uh, last year. Oh, and that's I, a good story. You should tell the story. Yeah, How that I, happened. I, yeah, I, uh, um, yeah. It's it, it's one of those lessons learned, and and I will be the first person to admit that I have. I seem to have a tech phobia that I'm yeah. just not good at understanding. Well, you put together a good stuff. car, uh, but it, so I, the, the, I had a nice motor and we, we did some work with it. Uh, and then I was running my most important race of last year was the first regional race at, at, at the Corvette track, National yeah, Corvette NCM, Museum, yeah. and it was the first SCCA race. And you know, I, I'm relatively quick, but I'm not one of the fast guys. So I was figured my best shot to, to win a to, race. To, well, not only to win a race, I've won some races, but my best shot to win a track record oh, yeah, is I to see be where the you're first going. guy where there's never been a track record. All I got to do <laughs> is be there. From here on out, you are former track record holder, Lee Grimes. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly, exactly. I love I'm, that. I'm and so to me, the most the most important race was, was at Corvette. And we went down yep. on, a, on a Friday and, and we, we did testing, and I was just scrubbing tires and, and learning the track. I went down in my street Mazda um, a couple months before just to learn where the lefts and the rights were. Yep, yep. And it's like, this is, this is it. This is what it's all about. And I'm, I'm scrubbing tires and running well. And, uh, and then the car just gets the, the, the water temperature gauge about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, scrubbing the last set of tires. The, the temperature gauge goes up past normal. And truly wrapped all the way back. Around. Oh, jeez! So I brought you nuked it. it, it huh? Yeah, I brought it. Brought it in, and, and there was not a lick of water anywhere in all the gone. system. <laughs> totally gone. And uh, um, and so we you know, we got we we did stuff, and we, we found a couple places where there are little leaks at a hose here and that. It's okay. I think we're okay. We retorqued the head head torque down right. Everything good. We, we reloaded it. Come back for for Saturday morning to go to qualifying, and and it and we blew all the you know water in it. Blew all the bubbles out, and then we did. A, um, we did a compression check and it's like there was it was nothing way so off, we huh? so we packed it up and went home and it, and and, yeah. and the guy the, the funny thing was the the person who won the races on saturday and sunday was 15 seconds a lap slower so the first track record was 15 seconds a lap slower than what i was scrubbing tires at oh, on geez. friday you would have had a solid <laughs> record oh there for God. a while i i, I, I had yeah. never ever had wow. a, a dns situation and i, I mean so i would have had it i would have had it yeah you, know? you can't get a track record unless it's in competition right it's so, yeah. in competition yeah. and, and so i just it just crushed and and now what so, what it took i was on the phone with you when you were pulling it apart that night <laughs> and i'm like call adam okay call like adam. seriously this thing had carnage sleeves are sticking out yeah. and like into the head and stuff it, 
it, it got, got seriously hot. It got so hot that it actually the steel sleeves rose yeah. in in the aluminum block wow. and put dents in the top of the head. And that's wow. the thing. Like we're like, I have no idea. What did you do? Yeah, and then just, it came to you later. Then we then we, then we, we I put the, I redecked it, rebuilt the head, damaged the pistons, but the motor was strong. It just had a lot of blow by. And uh, I've been having this problem with. Uh, with my electrical, my charging system. Yeah. And and uh, ultimately what happened was the two times I'd taken the car to the dyno, the alternator was hooked up. Yeah. Okay. But SCCA has a, has a rule that when you turn the car off, you've got to, uh, uh, you know, the, the whole thing's got to shut, off. shut yeah. off. When you hit the main kill switch. And when I yeah. converted to OBD1, I had got a new wiring harness. And it used to work before, but there was something in my wiring harness that, that allowed the alternator to keep feeding regardless of what I had. And I hadn't fixed that. So I thought, okay, I'll just do the, the total loss type system. And so Meaning during the, he disconnects on a, the alternator. On a race weekend, then I just disconnect the alternator and I'll run and just put a battery charger and I'll run on the, the normal on the battery. battery yeah. and the, but but nope. my dyno guy nope. mentioned, nope. he made nope. a comment <laughs> that, that Honda fuel injectors don't want 12 minus volts. They want 13 point whatever. 13.2 to 14. Right, exactly. So they're looking for And a you're losing a little bit above. of fuel, fuel right. system pressure. Exactly. So, so it I turns was, out racing, you're running lean. My race weekends, it, because yeah. once I get the motor back together, then we got so lean. We, we got up to I got up to Mid Ohio, and Adam and, and and Sam Myers were there, and the car was. I mean, if you did any pull, in, even in the paddock, the car would go straight to 16. It was so lean. Yeah, and it was oh my God, we're gonna, I can't afford to, to to do this. But but Sam and Adam were there, and and you know. You know, and 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 you even picked up a buddy on the on the phone and called him up and said, "What do we do?" We, you guys just fattened now, the whole thing. We up. literally the tuned great. the car on the roof, you right. know, on and Lee would go off for a lap, come in and tune the car again. <laughs> but it, it worked, and, and but that was just throwing fuel at it yeah. until we finally figured out my voltage was too low. So. Yep. The, the 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 computer thought it was the injectors were putting more fuel in it than it did. Yeah, big problem. Don't do that, everybody. I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> it's it's yeah. a really bad thing. Yeah, this this is what happens when this yeah. is how you learn, but you learn expensive yeah, lessons. I yeah. hadn't, you know, I, when you're a tech phobe like me. I would have never uh, even thought of like, what's your voltage? Because the car's running. Right, right. You know, like, yeah, you gotta have you gotta have what it needs. Eight, eight cars have been so. doing that for years, right? But yep. they were carbureted, carbureted. Right. and all you need is spark. Yeah. So. Yeah, back in the day, there was uh, there was always the trick. The last couple of laps, you'd shut the alternator, the generator off. You know, have a switch. What, yeah. One of the switches. Don't on my do dash that with a fuel that. injecting one car. One of my switches does that. It's Don't not do it up anymore. <laughs> Unplug that switch. Yep. Yeah, that's a, that's kind of a good tech tip for modern fuel injection yeah. cars. You need to have. If you lose your alternator, you have a problem. I lost my alternator on my first race week in the last the last lap, or last two laps, and I noticed it coming out of turn one. I glanced at my air fuel gauge, and it was. Instead of 12, 9, 13, 1, it was like 15, 2. And, I, and then I looked at my volt gauge, and it's at 11. I thought, oh, great. It turned out my main lead coming off the alternator just broken and because the hack that owned it before me had just put a cheapy little hardware store thing in there. Right. Um, and that's a problem. So I just limped it around for a couple laps and got my finish, you know. I just but, thought about this. The, uh, the alternator on the S2000, when I sold it, like probably the first like, half year that I had it, it'd be idling, and the, the electronic dash would flicker. Ooh. So David David Yanks, who bought the car, uh, you might want to get that one checked out. Yeah, get a new alternator, dude. But, yeah, so that's that's what kept me from getting multiple track records. Yeah, you know? we'll just chalk it up yeah, to that. Yeah, so I could have been making way more power, but the alternator is yeah. going out. All right, well we're into this one for about forty minutes, so uh, yep. yeah, we uh, we got a bunch more shows to do here. Yep. Cool. And Where can people find out more about you and follow your racing endeavors? Tony, I play personally play online. Uh, you know, in, in the 
the forum that shall not be mentioned is, or see, I notice CRX Lee Round. People, happy to help yeah, people hear that forum or, come up a lot. Stuff, but uh, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's a good time. And then I you know, again work for Coney, and I, yeah. I uh, um, always happy to help with. You're at people, lots you of know. events at Solon Nationals, yeah, at runoffs. Kind of Funny, I met Lee in 2009, and I didn't get a card or anything. We were, I met him at SEMA. And we were talking. He's like, "Yeah, you know, just look for me online. It's usually CRX Lee." I was like, "Okay, cool." Mm -hmm. And so, like, I got back to the hotel room and like Googled, and you know, it was, it's it was CRX great. Lee everywhere. Yeah. Right. And one of the fun parts about my job is I get to, I get everybody to, knows Lee to help people out and, and, and tune and that stuff. And yeah. even when I wasn't racing, I was you know living vicariously. Through it's got to be hard to go else. to any events like this. You got to know somebody everywhere, don't you? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's yeah, kind of cool. cool. It's fun. It's nice. I mean, hard as far as you can't walk around too much. Well, the, the other thing is when I, you know, when we we'll go out to you know Solo National, sometimes it's it's. Uh, and I talk. I've been going for like twelve or fourteen years, but I still haven't turned a wheel. That's that's the stupid part about it. Yeah. But uh, you've never I, ran at Solo Nationals. Never run at Solo Nationals. Just yeah, hop but, in with but, somebody. Yeah, and I've been offered rides, but yeah. you know, I, I I'm not running doing it enough during the middle of the year to do it. But I'll go out there, and it's like. I'll recognize a voice, I'll recognize a face, but I don't have a name. And they'll talk to me like they know, you know, it's like some, you know, you know hey nice. you. it's like after a while, it may take me, it may take me a couple of minutes to figure out who you are or something like that. It's like, oh, wait a second. You're the, the sunburnt guy with a big hat wearing shorts and sunglasses. But everybody yeah. fits that description yeah. when, you're, you know, when you're in Nebraska. You got the sombrero, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, it's a good time. I, yeah, I, I really enjoy the community and, and, you know. 36, seven years, as you say. Yeah. It's just part of life. So that's, We're uh, trying to make this part of our lives, uh, and getting to know people has been half of the fun of it. I mean, we had a cart event last weekend. It was like 50-some people came out just because they're fans of the show. Yeah. We sold out the cart place, and, like, everybody just is talking, and it's just fun. It's a fun night. We had a long okay. night. It was a fun night, though. So that's half of the fun is the people, man. So. Yeah. All right, well. Uh, what's Coney's website? Where should people go check uh, out Coney? Uh, www.coney-na.com is the North American site. Coney.com is the European site. Yep. And uh, you know, anything we can do to help out, let us know. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on the show cool. again, buddy. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. And now for today's Speed Secret with Ross Bentley. You know, when we're accelerating our car on the track, there's sort of this something inside us that tells us we've got to take every shift right to the red line. And sometimes... That's the fastest way to accelerate. But there's a lot of cars where if you shift before the red line, before the maximum RPMs, you can act, your car will actually accelerate faster. And you know, without getting into looking at dyno sheets from your engine builder and all sorts of things, there's no way that you can really tell for sure other than becoming very, very sensitive to it. So if you really pay attention to the acceleration, the rate of acceleration, our body has the ability to sense that. And we feel the acceleration and sometimes with even when the engine's revving and sometimes it feel it sounds like it's going faster because it's making more noise but you actually feel like whoa I'm not accelerating as fast as I was before we're sensing the g forces in our body and it's telling us we're not actually accelerating accelerating at the same rate as we were before and that's why we need to pay attention to that because sometimes doing what we call short shifting shifting slightly before red line is a benefit that's one area of using short shifting is just simply to accelerate faster. The second area that we use short shifting is sometimes in between turns. There, there are times on some tracks and some cars where you're just kind of at an awkward RPM range where, where you know, if you held on to that second gear, for example, coming through this corner, you would be right at the maximum RPM in, in the middle of that next corner. And and then you'd have to be trying to shift in the middle of that corner, which is pretty awkward and unbalances the car and things. So you're actually better off to shift up into third gear earlier 
and that might require shifting at something much less than the maximum RPM prior to. But because of that, the car is more balanced, it's settled, and you've got two hands back in a wheel and you're focused on driving the car at the limit and not trying to fight the um, dealing with um, shifting gears. So those are the two times when short shifting is a, is a benefit to make the car, to help the car accelerate faster at times, and sometimes just getting the car into a gear that you can use all the way through the next session section of the track without having to, having to make a change right in the middle of a corner. For more on Ross and Speed Secrets, you can visit speedsecrets.com.